Greetings, family. I am so delighted to be with you today to bring the word God has put on my heart. If you're joining us from your office, from your car, from your home, wherever you are, I pray that God would meet you right now. He has a word. His fresh breath is on the word of God, and he is ready to connect with you in a way that only you can understand and receive. So open your heart right now to receive from his presence. You know, recently we celebrated Pentecost. As a church and our senior pastor, Jerry Dearman, shared a message entitled, The Spirit and the Bride Say Come. And the Bible says in Revelation that the bride is making herself ready or being prepared. Isn't that amazing? So I got to thinking, what do brides always do to prepare to be married? I know you're thinking, what do brides always do? What do they try and lose? to make themselves ready for their wedding. They try to lose weight. It is every bride everywhere who is getting ready to be married who's trying to lose weight. Even my niece, she was telling me recently her friend got engaged and she was saying, oh, she's going on this special diet plan, this keto or something to lose weight to be ready for her wedding. So I would say right now, as the body of Christ, that we need to lose some weight to be ready for the bridegroom, to be ready for his coming. I'm not talking about pounds, but I am talking like Hebrews 12.1 says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance, the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus or clinging to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. We aren't running like we should be running because we need to lose some weight. Don't get offended. No one on the, the camera there, don't get offended. I'm not calling you out, I'm calling you up. Okay, God never calls us out. He calls us up. I, I hope you're comfortable. I just went through Pentecost and the fear of man got delivered off my life. So I'm gonna bring the word like he gave me the word. And I believe we don't want the soft word of God. We want the, the strong word of God that changes us, that, that deals with our, our flesh and the things that just wanna abide with us. But we have some weight issues in the body of Christ. And we are carrying around sin and unforgiveness and shame and guilt and negativity and bitterness. And we wonder why our souls feel lethargic and unable to move with speed and energy of our younger years. You know, my dad and mom, my dad's 80 and my mom is 79 and turning 80 in July. And he was telling me recently, he said, and he's done this since we were young. My dad every day reads the obituaries. He's always reading um, the stories in the newspaper of people that died. And he was telling me this week, he's like, I've been reading the obituaries and I'm noticing that every person that's passing away, the average age is about 85 to 87. So he says to me, Hey, I'm 80. That means I've got five good years. I've got five good years left. And so he said, I'm making some adjustments to my schedule and I'm gonna take Mondays and Fridays off for family days and invest more time 
in my family. Uh, out of Psalm 90, verse 12, it says this, teach us to number our days. Help us be ready and walk with wisdom. You know, I heard a leader recently say this, we are here for the cause, not the applause. And this is not so much the life, but that what is awaiting us at the end. We have to live with more intention. You cannot be carrying around this extra weight and wasting years of your life in bitterness and unforgiveness and perpetual sin that clings to your heart. We must deal with this. We must number our days. Yeah, so that we don't, we're not here. We're not living for applause. We're living for the cause. The mission that God has on your life needs to be paramount. You need to get your priorities in, in, in order right now. Reminds me of a story about these amazing missionaries that were on a ship on their way back to New York to the harbor. And um, as they were pulling into the harbor, they noticed that there was a great crowd gathered um, with, uh, with signs and applause. And, and, and they realized when they pulled into the harbor that Teddy Roosevelt was on that ship with them. And so all those people were there to greet Teddy Roosevelt. Massive crowd cheering and waving. And the wife turns to the husband and she says to her husband, there is no one here to welcome us home long tenure on the mission field serving people. She said, there is no one here to welcome us, to welcome us, to welcome us home. The husband turns to her and says, that's because we aren't home yet. You know, there is a homecoming for you and I that this earth knows nothing about. There is a place where your treasure and your reward will blow your mind. And there's coming a day when Jesus is gonna return. We call this the second coming of Christ. And he is coming for his bride and he is returning for us. It says in the word that the dead in Christ shall rise first and their bodies, this is such good news, their bodies will be glorified. I'm excited about that as I age, but I'm also excited about that for people whose bodies who have passed, maybe you have loved ones or people in your life that have passed from disease or cancer. You know when their bodies, those believers who went into the grave sick, their bodies will be raised up, fully glorified to meet the Lord in the air. It's good news for us, it's really good news. Okay, so that was just my intro. You ready to get into what I really came to share with you today? No, I'm just kidding. But honestly, I have so much stirred up in my heart about living with the priorities of your life, of not wasting time, of not carrying around heavy weight, of not dealing with an, a habitual sin that wants to cling to your heart. I am prophetically speaking now. There is a sense in my heart that you've got to get your priorities straight. There is a day and it's coming soon when Jesus is coming and we are to be ready. You know, we need to be ready both in spirit and body and what we're doing with our lives. I have to share prophetically what I have in my heart today. So this past two weeks or so, I had three people, three different people that we know break bones. So we, I got a call from a friend of ours. She fell and broke her wrist. And then our niece, uh, Lilia, she um, fell off the couch accidentally and she broke her arm. And then a friend of mine in Hawaii, their daughter broke her leg. So this was interesting. 
One week, a span of a week, I get three, I find out about three people breaking their bones. And I don't know about you, but sometimes you can just brush over those things and think, oh, no big deal. But the Holy Spirit, oh, that's, that is such a gift, um, came into my heart this week and just prompted and said, I'm trying to speak to you through these broken bones. I have something to say to you. So I thought, oh my gosh, you're trying to get my attention. Not that these breaks happened because of God. No, 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 no. Don't get your theology wrong. I'm just saying they happened and he is speaking. He is always speaking. If you look for him, you will find him in the most profound ways and ordinary ways. He's speaking through so many natural means. So I just was walking to my office and I said, oh, you're trying to get my attention with the broken bones. Okay, I'm listening. What do you want to talk about? And he led me to Psalm 51. This is the psalm where King David comes clean. He opens up about his sin of adultery, murdering Bathsheba's husband. And so here we are kind of like in this psalm. I feel like we're reading his journal. I wouldn't be too comfortable with that, but whatever. We're reading David's journal. And he describes in verse 8, he describes it like this. He says, let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have broken rejoice. And this is where God began to speak his word to me. He said to me, the places of great crushing and brokenness, that he's wanting to restore those places in people's lives. He wants to produce joy and gladness again. And David's story is not one of great sin as much as his cry to be clean again. It says in verse seven, he said, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. And this wash that is described here is not like when you rinse a dish and just put it in the dishwasher. This kind of wash is a wash when it requires a beating and a pounding, kind of like you would beat that rug and you would hang it outside and you would clean it up. David was asking God for a thorough cleansing. What's the last time that we come before the Lord and say, thoroughly clean me, Lord. Search me out, oh God. Search me and know me and see if there be anything at all in me that would keep me from hearing you, from knowing you, from loving you. David was calling out for a thorough cleansing. I see the parallel here of how David describes his wound. He doesn't describe a, a like a flesh wound that you can bandage up and do away with. He describes the wound as a broken bone. Have you ever broken a bone? That is a pain that is different than just putting some neosporin on um, a boo-boo. I have kids. On a boo-boo and walking away. No, this, a broken bone is excruciating. I, I've broken a bone. I fell one time. I was pregnant. I've been pregnant constantly. Um, so I was always pregnant, but felt like for a while there. But I fell in Trader Joe's. I slipped on some water and fell. And sure enough, I had fractured my arm. And that pain was nothing like just getting an external wound. The pain of a broken bone, I couldn't sleep. It throbbed, it ached, it didn't let up. And that's the kind of thing that David is talking about here. He's talking about a broken bone, kind of a nagging thing in his spirit that he needed cleansing from. He needed joy and gladness to replace the pain of the crushing that he felt. And sure enough, 
the Lord met him and delivered him. But David is recounting his sin and brokenness as this broken bone. And then he says, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, O Lord, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Then he says, restore to me the joy of my salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. I'm about to prophesy to everyone who's listening that the spirit of God is coming on your heart, that there's some broken, there's some pain, some pain that is just not lifting. You just can't seem to bandage it up and forget it anymore. And God is saying, I wanna restore joy and gladness to that place of a broken spirit. I wanna restore you in that place. I wanna restore to you also the joy of your salvation. God says, if you run far away and you throw off heavy weights, I'll bring joy back on the deepest place on the inside of you. Not an, an external fake joy based on a good day or when your unemployment benefits come through or when something goes your way and it fades until the next hit or the next temporary thing. We have a God that can restore joy despite circumstances, that can breathe new life into you no matter what you're seeing. He's talking about the joy in the reality of your salvation. And you know what frees you up? You need space. You know, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart this week. We all have a bandwidth, you know, like a capacity. And, and, and when we, you know, fill our capacity, there's a few things we can do. And if you're feeling overwhelmed and heavy and bearing great weight in your life, can I just challenge you that you know what frees up bandwidth? Confession of sin coming clean before the Lord on those high places that you think that no one sees. Those little things that you think aren't a big deal and God is shining his bright light and saying, no more of that. No more of that. I don't want that in your life anymore. I created you for signs and wonders and miracles. And these things are only leading to death and destruction and a heavy weight. We need to free up some bandwidth and confession and repentance make room in our lives for more of the goodness of God to fill in. Come clean today. God is not bringing people a season of joy, he said, but an identity of joy. He's not just bringing you a good week. He's bringing you an identity of joy. You know, when I was in high school, I had this verse I committed to memory. I think I wrote it down here. Maybe it's later in my notes. I'm always skipping around. Yeah, it's in Psalm 30, verse 11. This is what God did for me as a young woman who, who I just needed God to come through for me. He says in Psalm 30, 11, this is David, man. David, these journals are incredible. Psalm 30, 11, he turned for me my mourning into dancing. He removed from me the sackcloth and clothed me in joy. That's what I feel like God did for me. Um, when I got set free and born again, I really felt like, you know, when it talks about he removed my sackcloth, those were like grave clothes. Those were clothes that you would wear to be buried in. And God is coming through right now. And some of you feel like, oh, I'm just, I'm just riding this one out. There's no, there's no, oomph, there's no passion. There's no joy. 
joy. You're just waiting on God to come through. What if God's waiting on you to confess and repent and rise up in the joy of your salvation? He wants to meet you today with an identity of joy. Some of you have stage two fractures spiritually. You know, a stage two fracture has to go straight into surgery, meaning you can't just put a cast on that. They have to surgically repair that. And we we have a a surgeon, the great physician who has a precision that we need in our life right now. We want him in on the deep inside of us addressing things. David says, make me to hear joy and gladness, so that the bones you have broken rejoice. To circle back in closing, this life is our rehearsal dinner for the wedding feast. And he's making us ready, you and I right now, to put on our wedding garments. And I feel we need to lose the weight of sin and unrepented sin and darkness in our own hearts and be ready for his coming. You must be healed. A person with a broken bone usually cannot help themselves or anyone else at that ma- as that matter. They are useless oftentimes with that broken broken bone. We become dependent on being served and we are unable to help others. God wants to heal you so that you can fulfill the call he's put on your life. And some of you are just sitting and waiting and God wants to reset you today and heal you in the deepest places. David did not lie down. He did not offer sacrifices nor attempt good works. He did not turn to himself in any measure, but God alone. Great as our sins may be, there is forgiveness. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. I want to pray for joy for joy to return in many people watching, for the joy of your salvation, for the joy of God. This doesn't seem we're going through a a global trauma. The earth has experienced a global trauma with this COVID pandemic, and now we're in an unearthing of a, a reality of the systemic racism that exists in our country. And wouldn't you know it, that God would put us here in San Clemente, California, on this um, live stream, YouTube, wherever you're going to watch this, to talk about joy. He's after this in your life. He wants to restore the joy of your salvation. He wants to take your grave clothes and clothe you in joy today. I heard a sermon this week about a man that was dying. And his pastor went to visit him and he was in the office um, with this dying man and this guy's on oxygen. I mean, he's on his last lap. If you imagine life as a race, he was on his last lap, a good godly man, helped build mighty ministries in the U.S. And there he is in his last days and his pastor went to visit him and he was in his office and he said, I was in his office and I had never noticed it before, but he had this whiteboard that they had just rolled into the office and on the whiteboard, he had written my six commitments before I die. He had these things listed up there that he wanted to make sure he stayed committed to as he passed from this life into eternity. And he had things on the list, like number one was like, I want to walk with Jesus every day. And we're thinking, 
you're dying of cancer here and you're saying you want to walk with Jesus. Aren't you mad at him that he hasn't healed you? Aren't you frustrated that you're dying and all your prayers for being healed and long life didn't come through? No, he said, I want to walk with Jesus every day. That was one of his commitments. He said he wanted to make videos for his kids and grandkids. He didn't want to just write them letters. He said he wanted them to see him speaking words to them out of his mouth and how his face looked as he was speaking these words. He had other things he wanted to wake up with gratitude every day. But number five, number five is what really got me. It said number five hit him the most, this pastor, and it really got me too. He said, I will not give up and run out the clock. I will stay active till the very end. You know, in a sports team, um, when they're, you're losing and they kind of, I think this is what it's about, they give up and they kind of let the clock run out because they know, ah, oh, the other team's got it. You know, we're not even, we don't even have a chance. But this guy was saying, I will not give up and run out the clock. I will be active and present in my life till the very end. I want to speak to some people right now in closing. Don't give up. Don't let the clock just run out. God has a plan. You are not on the bench. You are active. And if you have been held down and entangled by sin and heavy weight, God wants you to address it so you can be free to run with him. In these glorious days, there's a glory coming to the church. It is going to be the greatest move of his spirit you have ever seen. You don't want to be distracted. I'm telling you, you don't want to be caught up in sin and, and things that You've, you're distracted by. And that's what the enemy does. It's like in school, he'll get you like looking at someone else's paper. You know what I'm talking about? And just steal from you, just rob you or getting you looking at someone else's plate. And he's taking the good stuff that's on your, on your plate. My kids do that to us. They steal our food all the time. Don't let the enemy steal from you while you're looking over there and the life that God predestined you for. The Bible says, he says, I know the plans I have for you. My thoughts towards you, they are good good and strong and vibrant. You must partner with him in this hour. It is critical to get your priorities straight. Amen. I hear God beckoning those with a limp. I hear God talking to people that have, don't have their full range of motion back. You know, when you've broken a bone and you don't quite have that full range of motion. I'm talking to those, you know, when you break a bone and they say you're extra sensitive in that bone, like to weather, because you'll ache there a little earlier. I'm talking to people who have been extra sensitive recently to everything. God wants to heal you today and reset you in joy. These are often the results, those things I just described you know, the sensitivity and not having your full range of motion, or maybe you had an injury and you didn't heal quite right, you know, and so you always feel a little off. God says, I've broken it again. Some of you had broken, it feels like broken, broken places. And God is saying, because I want to reset you, but this time I want it to heal right. That is why it's broken, because I want it to heal right. He's healing you perfectly. Now let him turn the broken bones into joy again. God is faithful. He wants to restore joy to you today. I want to pray for you. And I didn't cry this time, which is good. For those of you who follow along here or used to seeing us, we're always crying. I heard this so cool the other day. Someone said, why do you cry so often? And the person said, the same reason I laugh so often, because I'm paying attention, because I'm awake, 
So I just want to encourage you, if God is dealing with you, if you're awake right now, his spirit is trying to say some things to you. Can I pray for you? Can I pray for the joy of your salvation? Can I pray for you that this great awakening that is going to hit the earth, that you will be awake for it and be alive and well to run without any heavy weight, the race marked out for you? Can I pray for you right now? Let's close our eyes. Heavenly Father, oh, you're so worthy and so good, Father God. We come before you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray for every person listening, Holy Spirit, that you would come now. God, you'd begin to work a great work of joy. You'd begin to restore. I see some of you that you haven't been laughing the same. You're gonna begin to laugh again. The joy of the Lord will also be your strength, but there's gonna be not just a season of joy coming for you, but a true identity in joy. Some of you feel like you've been known as just kind of depressed and downcast, and God is gonna flip you like a pancake, and your friends, and your family are going to say, what's going on with you? The joy of the Lord hit my life. That's what's going on with me. Oh, so great a salvation. Oh, Father God, come now by your spirit. Meet us all with a fresh wave of joy, 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 joy unspeakable in your presence, God. I pray for every heavy weight, every sin that entangles. I pray we would get fit for the great wedding feast, God, that is awaiting us, Father. I pray we'd live with the end in mind like dad does, with the knowing that time is short and life is valuable, that we'll make adjustments to our schedules to have our priorities straight. Seek first the kingdom of God, it says in Matthew, and all his righteousness and all these things. What things? All the other things. They'll be added to you, but you're our priority, Lord. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.